way an egg will be more, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Oh my God. Again, make sure y'all say good morning to the lady of the house. Hello. Before I get an attitude up in here, I don't want to fight nobody. You know I'm ready to fight. Yeah. Stay ready to fight. Stay ready to go. Uh, I got my cup of coffee this morning. We have a brand new hoodie by my people at Think Bigger. Okay, I love it. I love when you see the back of it. What happened? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> that's Sydney Thompson, bitch ass? Oh, no. No, oh. that's that's no. That's, um Sydney from Freaky Bone. Bone? Yeah. She got a... yeah, she always, she was talking about this since freshman year. She always wanted a school bus, and she got it. What? That shit is crazy. She got a school bus. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Got a little black girl dreams. Can't see the comments though, sweetheart. Sorry, sorry. Get, your thing on. Get your thing going. The lady of the house is is being a black woman and supporting other black women at the moment. Uh, so I can't see your comments at the moment, but we have some great things we want to talk about this morning. I didn't know that was going straight up to the cam with the, the, the with the finalist joint on there. Jeez, way to show off, B one. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right, some great things I think we want to talk about this morning. Um. Uh, of course, we want to talk about Stacey Dash. If we got to talk about him, I guess we got to talk about the Grammys. Um, wait. What's up? I guess the TV's just not working on the sound. I, I was saying down. taking off the job. Oh, uh, true. Um, guess not. To see if uh, see if we can. I just want to make sure I can, I can be heard by the people. Matter of fact, I'll do it. Yep. Hey, grandma. Uh, <laughs> good morning, everybody. Make sure, uh, make sure we saying good morning to the lady of the house. Thank you, Geronimo, hey, for Geronimo. saying good morning to the lady of the house. All right, Geronimo must know. I woke up. I chose friends for known this morning. Okay, violence. You feel me? Welcome back to Hawaii. Make we be mo. Yeah. What's up, Troy? Huh? Troy. Anyway, we got some uh, good things we want to talk about. Talk about the Grammys, unfortunately. 27 mil for the Floyds. And then I want to talk some data things with you. I got some I got some things I need to ask. I need to ask the people. But first off, what's on your mind, Lady of the House? What's going on? What's new? What's popping? What's old? Is it me? What? Huh? No. You tired of me yet? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you What's happening? How you feeling? Uh, I'm I'm cool. It's a little overcast today. Oh, it was a weird night last night though. <laughs> you was having nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what it was about later. But <laughs> when you you moved in the bed and you said something about flip flops and I don't know what you were talking about. You were talking to somebody and you were like, I don't want the flip flops. <laughs> I said in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Because <laughs> I don't want no damn stuff lives, though. I don't. That's a fact. That's funny. That is really funny. That's really funny. All right. <laughs> okay. Anything else going on? Anything else new? Uh, what else is new? Not oh, on top of my head. Sav's having a baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we love to see it. The Browns, the Savages are. are uh, that's her last name, by the way. I'm not calling them Savages. Her maiden name is Savage. Okay, but. Mm. Oh, okay. 
Okay. What? No, because you said the Browns. Is she also a Brown? Well, I, th- I think so. Oh, okay. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm making, making these faces. faces at me. <laughs> it's very entertaining. Uh, yeah, Sad's having a baby. I'm so excited for it. He said it's a baby boy. Seven Ward Saint becomes a big brother. Okay, if you mm-hmm. didn't know, uh, Naima is a is a wake and bake with Bimo Knight. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Lane. Good morning. Um, Grand Rising. Yo, uh, Izzy was telling me a story last Thursday. She said that Mama Lane. Um, Oh, you think she hyphenated? Oh, yeah, she might be a Savage Brown. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Izzy was telling me that her mom uh, was serious about exposing Izzy to concerts. So much to the fact that I guess she had a school play on the following day. But the day before, I forgot who she was going to see. But the day before, her mama had a con- had her at a concert. That's called good motherhood. Right nice. There. <laughs> right. That's right. Oh no, no, be shame. Uh, <laughs> Don't be shame. And then she we love too. a good mom. That's right. We love a good mom. That's right. And the, who, who cares about the formal school system? We all know they indoctrinating our kids to be punk-ass losers anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? We know that? Hold on. Any teachers on the line? Sorry. Nah. I, Troy, I feel you. I wouldn't be coming off that. Savage is a hell of a last name. Yeah. Dr. Savage? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's lit. Oh, yeah. We love a good, we love a good experience. Can't give a fuck about Ricky Martin. That's who it was. Ah, front row. <laughs> Living La Vida Loca. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> we love to see it, though. We love to see it. Um... <laughs> Did he have on the leather pants? That's what I want to know. Did he have on the leather pants? <laughs> Woo. Um, all right. So... Oh, you know, I should have I should have pulled up the the clip, but I didn't pull up the clip of uh, Stacy Dad. Yeah, damn, my computer's in the. That's all right, and it take too much. It's too <laughs> much to do that shit live. You got to download it, then you got to airdrop it, talking and, and then... shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, don't know if y'all saw, but our our dear sister, uh, Stacy Dash, has apologized. <laughs> for her behavior, because I'm we're gonna talk about the apology in a second. I love analyzing apologies, by the way. It has apologized for her behavior that she considers detrimental to blackness. Well, she didn't say that, but we assumed that she would apologize for um <laughs> hold on before we get there. Troy said, I mean, Ricky Martin was a cultural reset. I remember being in first or second grade singing that shit and not speaking a lick of Spanish. <laughs> That's why Izzy was at the concert. Okay, <laughs> it was a bilingual exposure. Okay, Didn't Cisco had to pay him huh? for. Didn't Cisco have to pay him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to break off that bread, you can't just be singing songs in the middle of a song. Can't be singing hit songs in the middle of a hit song. <laughs> right. Thong song so good that nigga did give us the same verse three times. Right, and I even peep. <laughs> a big dog. What's up, man? Good morning, what's up, truck. What's up, truck? I seen you on stage, baby. I seen you on stage. I seen you on sta- truck on stage. You got his own concert series. Oh, come on, concert uh-huh. series. Seen him on stage at the big backdrop. Yeah. Big backdrop. <laughs> Hard to be humble when you're starting on a jumbotron. I see you, big dog. <laughs> I see you, big dog. 
<laughs> nobody love the drama like me. It's the big dog. <laughs> okay, I love the drama, baby. Um, what's up, Q? Good morning, man. Good uh, you got to meet the lady of the house. Lady of the house, Q. Q, lady of the house. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Thanks it's always that. fun in real life when people when people see you and hear your voice in real life. The eyes light up. They be like. They usually hear me before they see me. Though. Is, is that the lady of the house? Right. They do hear me before they see you. Yeah. Is that the lady of the house? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And which I'm pretty sure, although it won't happen. If the lady of the house ever left me, I'm pretty sure the wake and bake of people night is going with you. <laughs> I doubt I'm that. pretty sure they're coming with you. <laughs> Fuck that nigga people. <laughs> what he do, sis? We with you, sis. We don't care what he do. All that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning. Wake and bake with people. Yeah. We're gonna um we're gonna get to the Stacey Dash topic. Nice to meet you, uh Q. <laughs> we're gonna Kinda. get to the Stacey Dash topic. Right. All right, Stacey Dash uh, made a video with um. Oh, oh Q said you team Bimo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a Keila, so that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hey, I know what it is. I know what it is. I got to start a whole new show. <laughs> Lonely ass Bimo. That's, it that's what it's called. <laughs> Lonely ass Bimo, the lady of the house, left me. That's a long <laughs> Feel name. bad for me. Listen to my podcast. Podcast. It's the whole, it's the whole, whole podcast. Name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Stacy Dash. Yes, she's apologizing. Stacy Dash. What she has apologized. And the thing that she apologized for was that she feels that Fox News manipulated her persona. So that she looked like the angry conservative black woman. Yeah. What she's not apologizing for is being a conservative. What I didn't, what I also didn't hear a direct apology for was her support, or I don't even know if she came out and supported Donald Trump, but like just her whole dealings with Donald Trump. It didn't feel like the apology that she put out did not feel like an apology to blackness for her violations of blackness for support of whiteness. It sounded like, oh, a company put me in a bad light. I ain't mean to be in that light. I had some dark days. Can y'all forgive me? To which I say, Stacey Dash, you know what? For your tumultuous time at Fox, I forgive you. But can you make my potato salad at the cookout? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Until I hear from Stacey Dash a direct apology to blackness. Mm. Specific. We don't give I don't give I don't think black people, we might snarl at you if we find that you are black conservative, but we're not about to put you out the cookout. We just know where to put you in the cookout. You know, you you know what I'm saying? Maybe you bring the napkins. <laughs> right, you running napkins and cutlery, all right? Because you a conservative. That means you conserve on the spices, all right? That's <laughs> what niggas like their shit spiced, okay? <laughs> Had a homegirl tell me one time, she saw me cooking kale. Yeah. She's like, what's all that shit you putting in the kale? I'm like, Fresh garlic and pepper with <laughs> olive oil? Like, what you, what you mean? What else? Am I supposed to just eat it raw? Am I supposed to just lick it and eat it? Like, what? <laughs> Rub it in my hands. Oh, here it is. Get the fuck mm -hmm. out of here, bro. What's up, Empress? Good morning. Empress. Good morning. 
So until I hear Stacey Dash give a direct apology to blackness for violating black culture in the sense that she supported a known racist, a known white supremacist, I don't know, Stacey Dash. Your apology got to be a little better than that. <laughs> I, it, it was good to see her again, though. I hadn't realized how long I hadn't seen Stacey Dash until I realized I hadn't seen Stacey Dash probably like, since like 2016. Yeah. Good morning, Empress. Good morning. Uh-oh, Q said he got the grill and the greens ready. Uh-oh. Did he just come out as a black conservative? Did you just come out as a black conservative? That's all right. I'm a little conservative. Um, truth be told, that's all I had to say about Stacey Dash. <laughs> I Spent do feel all that like time it. building up. I ain't got, <laughs> I ain't really got shit else to say. Yeah, I feel like it's um one of those situations where it's like, oh, I'm not benefiting from XYZ anymore, so let me just do this little damage control real quick. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like, da- <laughs> like damage control. Oh, uh, and you know, we, we, we talked about Ben Carson before. Ben Carson has also said the same thing. He feels like black people treat him like a pariah because he was a, he was a black conservative. Sir, <laughs> sir, it has nothing to do with your conservative ideolo- ideology. No. Oh, a less conservative is less of progressive. You're right, my bad. Q is not a conservative. Oh, God, this, this nigga want to get rid of money altogether. Um, <laughs> oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> um, uh, what was I just saying? Um, Ben Carson. Ben Carson also make the same claims too that like his conservatism is keeping him out of blackness. Sir, it has nothing to do with your conservatism. It's the fact that you worked for and aided for four years, my friend. <laughs> A known racist and white supremacist. I mean, yes, we put you out. Why? Because you are dangerous. <laughs> oh Lord, Q said, "Lady of the house equals." Oh God. Oh God. Let me tell you in our in our Sunday conversations, which I have labeled the precipice on of the precip- oh, excuse me <laughs> on the precipice of a new nigga we definitely have had a conversation about the the eradication of capitalism and commerce altogether okay um uh geronimo says you cut out most black people not inviting black conservatives to the cookout most black people don't realize they're conservatives despite many of us voting overwhelmingly democrat mm, that's true that's a we good are point. conservatives we are conservative. It's just that the conservative party, the Republican party right now, just so happens to also represent the best of whiteness. Or the... Is the worst and the best of whiteness the same thing? Yep! (laughs) (laughs) Yep! (laughs) I see we have some more. We have some more anti-capitalists on the line here. Okay, Akilah. I see you. Oh, dropping weed. Oh, I'm dropping weed. I feel like conservatism... And liberalism is a spectrum, right? Uh oh. Or is it not? Conservatism and liberalism? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. You could be you could be socially conservative yeah. and fiscally liberal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um Uh oh. It looks like Geronimo, if you were still here, I would love to invite you to the conversation called On the Precipice <laughs> of a New Nigga. Imagine if Let's Talk Bro was far more unfiltered. <laughs> and less safe. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love German. I love German. <laughs> when I walk into the book club, sometimes they feel all they feel all soft. It's like you about to light some candles up in this motherfucker. Where the niggas at? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Hi, Akila. <laughs> what she say? Uh, oh, she's finished. Oh. <laughs> it's been as one for the team later in the house. You know, it's all right. <laughs> That's all right. I accept. I'll still be on your team. <laughs> you still be on my team? <laughs> How you gonna leave me then watch the show? <laughs> oh, this nigga entertaining. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Whoa, this is good. What if he gonna talk about me? <laughs> He's a stabbing fool. He's a stabbing fool. Right. Um, uh oh. No, nah, dude. y'all don't want me to speak how I do amongst my people. We Hell do. Yeah, we do, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah, we do. You know me, Geronimo, man. I, I what I tell you, what I said earlier. I love the drama. Oh okay? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the drama. I love the drama. And even if, see, if you talk spicy on the precipice of a new nigga, even if we don't get to the point, at least it was entertaining. Yeah. Um, ain't nothing safe, no security, the ground is unstable. Yes, we precisely do. I don't know what the yes, we precisely do. What'd I say? Oh, maybe talking about how we wanted to hear what he had to say. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. We Yes, we do. We <laughs> want to hear it. We choose violence. That's the subtitle of our group. On the precipice of a new nigga, Col- we choose violence. Oh, but it's a colon. <laughs> colon, that's right. That's right, because we went to college. Because <laughs> we, <went> <laughs> we went to college. I heard a writer say one time, only niggas who went to college use colas and semicolons. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but I make I sure know. I use colons and semicolons often. Yeah. Is that elitism? Maybe. I did, I did hear the other day that, uh, that uh, well, I say it's a small trend that's bubbling up. There are, you know, in the people, people who are like quick to correct your speech or be like a, a grammar file and like try to correct your sentences and how you talk and your mm-hmm. spelling and shit. They call the nose people um, white sympathizers <laughs> for trying to uphold the king and king queen's language for the simple fact of because it's right. Although we all know that right and white. Um, oh, Marcus Batcher says also loves a good Oxford combo. Oh, <laughs> we'll get that seven second delay here in a second. Um, Calling those people who are protecting the king's English white sympathizers. What do you think about that? As I roll this blunt. I don't see how that's sympathizing with whiteness. I mean, it it is problematic, especially when considering the fact that Ebonics is pretty much its own language and it has its own like lexicon, you know. But uh, I I wouldn't say that's <laughs> sympathizing with whiteness. Hmm. I, yeah, I I just feel like it's a little what's the word? Um, not elitist, but maybe it is elitist. I don't know. To <laughs> hmm. what's up? No, it's, a, it's I think it's a I think it's an interesting thought. Uh, I mean, if you trace if we just if we just trace the logic, right? Yeah. Um, English is the language of colonizers. Yeah. And colonialism, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rules of English are used um, 
<laughs> Michael said, unless they out here speaking well-practiced Swahili, they need to chill with the name calling. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, um, where were we at in the logic? So, if English is the language of colonizers and the rules of English were created to uh, basically create a caste system of intelligence, right? And you only allow academia and intelligence and the rules to a certain amount of people, certain elite people who have access to education, et cetera, et cetera. If you have people who are who are supporting that standard by supporting the profession of English, then I guess I could I could hear argument for if you're supporting the system of the language of colonialism and colonization, then maybe you're supporting colonization in a sense. To which all the black intellectual people, as Mike is getting ready to reference, all the black intellectual people are saying that a step to freedom for black people uh, beyond financial independence and liberation, beyond the narrative change, beyond access and equity, um, is a very real thing of learning a new language. Yeah. Like learning the language that is that is ours. And I will say in the in the complex structure of the fight for liberation, the learning the new language might be one of the hardest ones. Right. That might be the one that like when we talk about the next generation or generation Z or generation alpha is the is the free uh generation. Um the learning of a new language is going to be pivotal for those individuals to speak to themselves in a way that they can understand. Uh, Q says, Ishmael Reed says the difference between a language and a dialect is that a language has uh, an army and a navy. Grammy. Grammar has its function, but that function is not liberation. The language of Ebonics is an act of liberation, right? Because the whole point of a language is for a certain culture to be able to talk to themselves and connect with themselves throughout their culture in the way that they understand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if we are if we are replacing that language with English, as hard as it is for me to say as a poet, as an English, as somebody with an English degree, <laughs> it's very hard for me to come out my mouth and be like, damn, English is the language of is the language of oppression, but it's the facts. Uh, and so I have always kind of looked crooked eyed at people who like are just quick to to jump on, you know what I'm saying? We wanna we wanna make sure your grammar is right, et cetera, et cetera. What the fuck does grammar got to do with what the fuck does grammar's got to do with communication? <laughs> if you set if you set your standard for clarification Uh Uh-oh, I'm about to get a little spicy. If you set your standard for clarification at perfect English, knowing that English is the language of the colonizer, what does that say about you and your standard? Mm. (laughs) If you can only understand black folks when they have perfect English... Mm. What does that say about your understanding of blackness? Mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, I know I said it earlier, but there is something to the point of like there is an elitist, there is an elitist emotion around the point of like only people who went to college use semicolons and colons. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting, it's a very divisive statement, but like, mm, mm, let me light this one. I ain't playing with y'all. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all, y'all. Y'all hear me? Y'all just want to dance. They just want to dance. 
Wake me with Bebo. Wake me with Bebo. Yeah. I actually, uh, oh, what I should have put up this week, my Paul Robinson Negro of the Week, I think I might do a Thursday. It might be Ella Fitzgerald. Mm. Yeah. I never heard that before. No. Uh, I played on Thursday, but on yesterday, uh, on Facebook randomly, and I seen a I seen a video with Ella Fitzgerald singing "Old MacDonald Had a Farm." When I when I heard that when you were playing it, I thought that was like current, like somebody. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that joint was in black and white, big band style That's crazy. too. I, mean, I heard the band, but like I thought it was yeah. That so was wow, good. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, 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 that shit was good. Uh, where's the piano over here, Mo? You know what I'm saying? You've been spending a long time, though. You're talking about the piano. Wow. <laughs> it's been a long talk time, about April of last year. But um, to your point about... Actually, I don't even know if this is related, but I saw this yesterday mm-hmm. that Dictionary.com has added the words finna and child to the dictionary. Makes sense. Yeah. Although, this is what I'm talking about. Finna, there was a subsection of black people when I was growing up in Missouri, when I would use words like finna and, um, <clears throat> hold on, I'm getting to that in a second. Oh, whoa, that's a good point, uh, Geronimo. Uh, when I was coming up, there was a subsection of black folks, usually older black folks who were in the debutante arena, like so old AKAs and old Deltas. Yeah. When I use words like finna, mm-hmm. uh, they would be offended and call it, don't use those words, that's broken English, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, and now it's interesting to see that the diction, this is when I was a boy. So we talking about 30, Lord of mercy, 25, (laughs) 25, 26 years ago. We talking about a quarter century ago. This is not long ago. Yeah. With the use of, with the use of Ebonics from the use of black, the use of black people using Ebonics from other black people was frowned upon. Right. I would love to go back and talk to Miss Vicky now. That was her name. Mm-hmm. No shame. One of my favorite people in the world. I would love to go back to Miss Vicky now, show her Finna in the dictionary, then ask what her response is. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I should talk to my grandma because she used to do the same thing. She used to, because she was a teacher, so she used to constantly tell me to speak proper English and, you know, that whole thing. Don't use Ebonics, et cetera, et cetera. So now I want to be careful here because what I just said about the previous generation in the context of this generation would sound like disrespect. True. But we have to always keep in mind that previous generations did what they thought kept them safe. Right. That's real. So Miss Vicky was your is like your grandma's age. So right. like in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, yeah, you running around using broken English, that might put you in some pretty fucked up precarious situations. That's true. Right? And it might give you a it might give you a depiction of ignorance, slow, all these things that we called minstrels back in the 50s and 60s. You might get that connotation now because of the way you speak English. Right. You and I. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what these white people think. <laughs> right. <clears throat> right? And, I, and to the point where I don't, I don't give a fuck what white people think because I don't need them mm-hmm. around for prosperity, for safety, for, for culture, for validation. I don't need them for shit. Mm-hmm. Different back then. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was about survival. It was. You and I could become entrepreneurs just based on the internet. Right. Wasn't no internet back then. You had to go out and sell it to customers. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you had to go out and sell the customers, you had to realize that the store was fucking segregated. Right. So you had to do what you had to do to keep you safe. And you're not walking into no, you're not walking into 1945 Norsham talking about I'm finna put up some clothes on y'all rack. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> but believe you me, if your grandma knew she could have been safe using Ebonics, she would have. And I, I've actually noticed that she uses it a bit more now, especially as language has changed. And she's used. Um, oh, your grandma own a whole house. She got big body Benzes in the in the front yard. <laughs> your grandma ain't worried about no white man talking she about. Retired. <laughs> she retired. She retired. She ain't worried about these niggas, man. <laughs> she ain't worried about these niggas at no. all. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> we got some comments we got. Oh, my bad. Where'd it go? Uh, Geronimo says, related, unrelated. Will we ever see or take it upon ourselves to create a daily news periodical written in African-American vernacular English slash Ebonics in the same way that there's an online edition of the BBC written in Pigden? You know, Geronimo, that'd be a question I would ask. Oh, what's Lafayette's mom's name? Damn. I forgot her name. But she is the she is the editor of The Informer. That You know what? When I go over there tomorrow, I'm going to answer that. I'm going to ask that. Would there ever be a time that you would find it appropriate or would you would find it beneficial to write complete sections of your paper or even the whole informer in Ebonics? Hmm. Uh, I wonder what she would say. Although, if I'm just predicting it, she did tell me one time, the informer, which is an all-black newspaper in the middle of Southeast, not in the middle, but like on the precipice of Southeast, um... She did tell me that when she was looking at her demographics, she just started getting the stats back for like online traffic. And she was surprised to see that like 80% of her audience was white. Really? Yeah. And she was just like, she was kind of like fielding some answers of mine to like kind of analyze that data, data in a quick set. And I told her, I was like, well, you know, there aren't that many black people. I think we forget that, when, especially people who are surrounded by blackness all the time. That's there aren't true. that many black people. Although somebody suggested it on last Thursday, that might be a myth. I like to look that up because mm. niggas do not take the census. Uh, but let's just say, let's just say, ten percent of niggas didn't take the census. How many more niggas would that be? Would that put us up to fifteen percent instead of thirteen percent? Damn. Um, anyway, there's not a lot of niggas. And two, I think the people who are most interested to hear black news from a black perspective aren't black people. Although maybe because we're used to not hearing it, so it's not like a oh, you know what I'm saying? You got to hear it all the time, or because we are black, we know what the source opinion is. It's white folks. Yeah. White people who are seeking to look out, seeking for black opinions, are looking at black journalism, are looking at black source uh, creativity. Mm. That's actually a really good question. Yeah. So, oh, and I say it to say that, like, so let's say the informer puts out a all puts out a, a, a ebonics newspaper next week. Yeah, will the white people get it? No, because it's one thing for you and I to have to be able to just to, to destroy this thinking pattern that Ebonics is bad English, that Ebonics is broken English, that Ebonics breaks the rules of English when we all know that the rule of English is uh, colonization. So Ebonics is the liberation from those things. Uh, but we have to break that mindset within ourselves. So I don't know, white people barely have a, have a hard time saying that we matter, yeah. let alone we'll be able to decipher our English. And, and, and would we want to? No. Well, personally, I wouldn't, but... <laughs> well, we want to put the source code out there. I keep thinking about... There's a uh, there's an Instagram ad that's running right now. Can't remember the company. But the ad is in the aesthetic of battle rap. Okay. That means somebody black probably sold battle rap as a medium to an agent, to a place so they could sell a product. Hmm. 
I feel like that's betrayal. But then I look at my own job and realize, damn, I'm betraying too. What's the difference between me? What's the difference between the dude who loves battle rap selling battle rap and me, the dude who loves W.E. Boys selling W.E.B. Du Bois quotes for diversity, equity, and inclusion purposes? There's okay. big differences there, but you know, it's an internal, it's an internal battle that we got to struggle with. But then, like, I think even further back, uh, if you go into the Creative Theory Agency's uh, Instagram, you'll see that, like, I did a reaction to one of the original Borough Communications ad, which is Tom Borough, one of the first black uh, agencies in America, which he sold double dutch to McDonald's. Right? Yeah. But then the question, here's, here's, here's where it gets tricky, right? So <laughs> would I rather, would I rather a black person sell battle rap to a company so that company can uh, sell products or would I rather a white person steal battle rap and sell it to a company? Mm. Either way, it's getting bought. To answer your question, Geronimo, I'm going to ask that question. I'm going to ask that question to the editor tomorrow. We'll see what happens. What else we got? Uh, Ernesto! Ernesto asks, oh, he's told me, check out the book 400 Souls. It's extremely informative on the plight of the African descendants, de- descendants, descendants of slavery. Keep going. Geronimo said something. I forgot what he was talking about. Um, Kila says things are a chine- Things are a changing. Times are a changing. They were working within the system they knew. Talking about our, uh, our our ancestors and how they could protect and pos- prosper. Correct. Uh, Q. It is our purpose as students of poetics to bend, twist, and conform the language of subjugation. That's how the nigga Q talk. Uh, <laughs> American English to communicate the possibilities of that which is otherwise unavailable and impossible. And the thing is called English and it's uh canonization process is the fuck shit. Exactly. Um, on the press OTP on the precipice. What's up JB? Huh? Let me tell you something about JB. Just real quick. Uh, when I moved to Florida, uh, I grouped, I've told you a story seven times. I moved to Florida. I felt like the first time I actually had male friends. Three dudes, Kieran, Deontay, and John, we rolled together like a brotherhood. Even had our own little jazz band. Mm-hmm. Our little advocacy jazz band. Uh, JB went to the same high school as me. I think it was a freshman when I was a, oh, wow. a junior. He won't remember this, but like I used to remember like if the four of us were hanging out and we looked over our shoulder long enough, we see JB. And his eyes would just be like, <laughs> what's up, JB? JB is now, I'm saying like he's still a young boy. This is a grown-ass man. <laughs> this is a grown-ass man now. He's a chef for the stars. Uh, I got to put you onto some agency work, JB, because we had somebody teach a, we had somebody teach an art class for an agency joint. Shit was whack. I should have called you. <laughs> I should have called you. My bad brother. What's up, JB? Also, when I come to New York, I'm getting a plate. I don't know what you're going to have in your fridge, but I want to play, goddammit. Used to buy weed from JB, too, but that's a whole other story. Life with Steph. I mean, real life with Steph. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Tactus Jack. Hip-hop has brought Ebonics into the mainstream culture as far as the language. I have a book over here. Uh, let's see if I can find it real fast on my Dr. Car shit. Nah. Let's see if I can find it real fast. I have a book over here that... Oh, is it over here? It's actually over here. Sorry. I have a book over here. Uh, John McWerther. Oh. Uh-oh. Was this book the Lit's pen? 
Ah, that shit just tumbled over. Let's see. Um, that shit was crazy. It's called Talking Back, Talking Black, uh, Truths About America's Lingua Franca, in which this gentleman, uh, John McWerther, that shit's sad. Y'all see that shit in the background? That's sad. John McWerther argues that Ebonics African-American vernacular English is not only uh, the the informal dialect or the formal dialect of black Americans, but also the official, unofficial language of America. Mm. He says in the book that um, there are times in history where rednecks, well, not rednecks, where people of the South have contributed African-American vernacular English to redneck culture. Not of blackness, but he quickly reminds you that these languages were formed uh, from people who were enslaved, trying to learn Eng- trying to learn language while also speaking secretly to themselves. Mm-hmm. Which is why, like you'll hear, you can hear white people talk use ebonics, mm-hmm. but you ever notice how like they don't it feel like they don't never know what the fuck they talking about? Yeah, like they just trying to they're trying to use rules and systems based on English, but then break it so that it applies to Ebonics. Right. Well, Ebonics doesn't really have any rules. Right. Like, they'll try to use proper grammar with Ebonics. <laughs> yeah. And, it, like, to answer your question again, Geronimo, because Ebonics is so... the vernac- um, African-American vernacular English is so based on tone, I wonder if you could write it in a in a periodical... I mean, I've seen, like, I guess we can, I don't know, blogs maybe or, like, online articles that are written in that vernacular. And it's, yeah, but it, it's but not. From, like, a personal perspective. True. So you can kind of hear. True. If I wrote something in, if I wrote an uh, article in uh, Ebonics. Yeah. You would be able to hear my voice through it and therefore understood the tone. But if it was coming from, like, a neutral third party, like a newspaper, can you hear tone? Can you hear can you hear a neutral? Is there a neutral Ebonics tone that could come from the third person that would still make universal sense in print? I think I think so. All right, for sure. <laughs> I'm not <gonna> argue. <laughs> I agree. Um, uh, it was a oh, Ernesto says it was a presidential uh, election battle commercial for Biden. What? Oh, it's more. It's more. Uh, I saw that one, but it's more. Um, it's more a uh, 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 recent than that. Keep going. What's up, Shep? Good morning, man. Good morning. Uh, hey, they know each other. What's poppin'? What's up, Sam? Hey, Sam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Congratulations. Sam is in the building. Congratulations, okay? We got a baby boy in the oven. You feel me? <laughs> he baking huh? right now. He baking right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> Three boys, and I feel like Sam's still gonna be putting them in check. All of them. Sam. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Mama rule the house. That's right, nigga. <laughs> mm. So happy for you, Sam. Uh, so proud of you. So proud of your husband for his was graduated from. I think it was got a graduate degree. Graduated. Uh, graduated the other night. Right. Big things popping yeah. over in the Savage Brown House. Let's go. We love to see the growth. We love to see it. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. Um. Uh oh, Geronimo Two Cactus Jack says I got some long form thoughts about that and why many don't view it as a un, as an official language or dialect. Uh. Uh, 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 I eat instead of I <laughs> hate it so much. It took me a second to realize what the fuck he was talking about. I, I eat. Like, I eat. <laughs> what is that? Um, 
Geronimo says, I think black linguists and journalists could debate about that. I think you, about the fact that could you write mm. a neutral Ebonics form? I think it would be, I think you would, here's the thing. I think you would almost have to put some universal structures. Of course, these things could be broken because this is what we do. Mm-hmm. You'd have to put some universal structures around certain words. Because I don't even think structure would be the problem. I think the problem would be words like bad. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Bad or uh, 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 or that's actually the best definition I can think of. Yeah. Um, that would be the, it would be like homophones. Black homophones. I think we just had to figure out a way to, to negotiate that. What's up, Prince? Good morning. Uh, appreciate y'all. Ladies sounded real crystal clear this morning. Yes. Hey. <laughs> okay. We had some practice the other day. Okay, we had to get Got it, it right. together. <laughs> we had to get it right. Or even like cold. Cold. Yeah. Hot. Right. Uh, black people had to, I mean, I, we wouldn't have to normalize certain nouns like soda and pop and cold drink. It'd just be regional. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Micah says, if you did it, it uh, would it be counterintuitive to the point of its establishment as legitimate? Mm. If Good we wrote, if you write Ebonics, does he that... He said if you made it universal. Oh, wait, if you made it universal, wait, if, if you made it universal, would it be counterintuitive to the entire point of its establishment as legitimate? There are two thoughts here, I think. Hmm. If if Ebonics is our, if we write it for ourselves, to ourselves, and amongst ourselves, then it is a language that we use to communicate within ourselves. And I guess that kind of, um, oh, you're saying it would be. Mm-hmm. Counterintuitive to the entire point of its establishment as legitimate. If we made it universal, are you saying that if we made it universal, it would it would no longer be illegitimate, or are you saying that the value of ebonics is that it is illegitimate? Mm. I think the value is that it's illegitimate. The value of ebonics is that it's illegitimate. Yeah, because there are no set rules or standards, but like. Yeah, like, there's no rule book. We were never taught <laughs> Ebonics. It's just hmm. kind of natural, you know? It's innately within us. Hmm. Uh, uh, ourselves is too broad, B. Door number two. You're saying that the value of Ebonics is... That is illegitimate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I was talking about just now. You know, John, that's who the dude I was just talking about. Yeah, I just I read his work. Uh, also, uh, shout out to English O2 at Howard for putting me, putting you on. Yeah, of course. Whew, the, the value, is the value of Ebonics the fact that it is illegitimate? This kind of reminds me of the conversation that we had about the end point of, the end point of black people towards uh, liberation. Do we want reformation or do we want revolution? 
the revolutionary thought is to have a language, mm-hmm. a legitimate language a language that has several dialects but that can be understood universally throughout the people who are speaking them of course anybody can learn a language you and i can go on go and learn spanish right now but that don't mean that we can uh uh we can learn spanish right now but that doesn't mean that we necessarily know the nuances of latino culture uh chicano culture latinx culture mexican culture el salvadorian culture like you feel what I'm saying? Um, so if the revolutionary thought of liberation is to have our own language, then the legitimacy of our language could never be a, dev- a point of devaluation because it is the establishment of our own language. Um, where that gets interesting, though, is that because we're still talking about English. I don't know if there's enough differentiation between African-American vernacular English and English to con- to call it a complete separate language. To what Q said earlier, um, languages are accompanied by bloodshed. Yeah. Usually. Now, when we talk about black folks being revolutionary in this company, in this country, the use of bloodshed is is a mixed bag. Where have been revolutionary things that have happened in this country that have had no bloodshed, or that we didn't, well, we shed blood, but we didn't shed anybody else's blood, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on who you ask. Owen would say, unfortunately. <laughs> um. So, oh, that's where it gets tricky. So if there is a if there is a universal rule, there are universal rules to ebonics. Does that legitimize ebonics as a language? According to the way I've been educated, yes. I could be wrong though. I could be wrong. Uh, 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 a smarter scholar could argue the complete opposite and probably be right. Um. That a language is not based on rules. My English K through twelve brain won't let me think past the fact that a language has to have rules. But a formal language has to have rules. That kind of makes me think of something like Twitter. Like, let's say there are formal rules within Ebonics, and you know, you write a sentence, and then somebody comes and corrects you on what you said. Like, it's not the same as. English. And I can't even see a situation, well, I mean, unless we had rules, but I can't see a situation where somebody would correct somebody's ebonics unless it was just That's what I'm saying. completely I'm, egregious. I, I'm very careful. Not to, I, if you establish, ebonics is a form. Speaking is completely different. Me speaking to you in my ebonics is completely different because through tone and words you can interpret what I'm saying. Right. In this situation that we're talking about where I feel like it gets a little tricky is now we're talking about a third party news outlet who, I mean, they have writers, right? There are writers in this, in the situation. The editor has a voice. The paper has a voice within itself, but this paper has to be read by black people nationally or internationally. 
right? If the point of writing it in Ebonics is to establish a language in which we speak to each other and understand each other without having to translate to another language that is representation that is rep- representative of colonialism and colonization, right? If that's the whole point is that we want to talk to each other, the only way that we could talk to each other and be able to navigate these different regional differences of how Ebonic shows up would have to be a way to universalize Ebonics within that written form. Now, I'm not saying that like Ebonics is going to turn into the next English word. You got to make sure you put a comma after a certain word. I think the standards of Ebonics could be extremely more loose but still stringent in a way that is understood amongst everyone. So in that mind frame, in formalizing Ebonics that way, that to me is a form of liberation and revolution because now we have made our language not only just speakable, but universally writable and readable. What you just said a second ago is very interesting. Is there any, is, was there any, could there ever be a time where you could correct my Ebonics? That's a great question. I got the answer. You can only correct my Ebonics if you can't comprehend, if you are also black and can't comprehend what I'm saying. And I feel like that's not even a correction. That's a that's a that's a uh, a cue for clarification. What do you think, sweetheart? Mm-hmm. Let's read some comments. I feel like we got a good one going today. What are the people saying? Um, keep going up. Was that the last one? Yeah. What's up, Ashley? Uh, Ebonics. Well, oh, wait. Uh, keep going. You already oh. If this argument is based on its value, uh, its connection or represent, representation of freedom, then it would be undermined by an established structure if it's still confinement just under a new master. Okay? Uh, Geronimo says Ebonics has too much English in it. That's why it's easily exported and adopted. I agree. That makes it more complicated. It's it's hard to call it a new language when it's still a language, unless we finna Latin this motherfucker. Unless we finna use English as the base and then create something else. Um, like, you know, all Spanish isn't the same. That's what I hear. No. Keep going. Ernesto. Uh, oh, Micah says, for what is worth... I'm not actually pro-ebonics as you are. Different reasons, different convo. But for the sake of the challenging your point, as divisive as it, as it may sometimes feel, language or any other standard is necessary for collective universal movement of any kind. See Tower of Babel. I agree. Um, go with one. Oh, Ernesto says this is a great conversation. Thanks, Ernesto. Uh, does ebonics count as a count as a Creole language? Hmm. I think when you get close, well, here's what I've been noticing. Here's what I noticed. When I lived in Mississippi during Katrina, uh, after the hurricane, 
niggas from Houston came to Greenwood. Okay. And I found it so weird <clears throat> that niggas from Houston and niggas from Greenwood were precisely the same niggas. Mississippi and Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I get to Florida and South Carolina, those niggas are not the same South as Mississippi, New Orleans, and Texas. To a certain degree, Alabama is a different South than Mississippi and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that to say that, like, as we were saying earlier, we were, you know, just thinking things up. If Ebonics is the unifying language between different regional dialects of African-American vernacular English, then there is absolutely a Creole branch. Has to be. Has to be. Because I'm quite sure some of you niggas here couldn't understand a shit going on in New Orleans. Couldn't understand shit going on in Baton Rouge. Couldn't understand a word in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure you'd be like, huh? What? Huh? Uh, so, and then Geronimo says, what's up, Lauren? Good morning. So then Ebonics would be then be on par with Nigerian Pidgin, Jamaican Patois, Haitian or Louisian Creole, etc. Maybe so. What's up, Joe? Good morning. Uh, my last comment is in response to your statement about uh, in making Ebonics universal BTW. Yeah. 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 How much time we got left? No time. You got any burning questions for the roast, sweetheart? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You think Ebonics should be universal? Okay. Uh, Good morning. What's up? Good morning. Um, I'm thinking. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. You answered all my questions. If you think it should be universal, you think that it should be, there should be some type of... Now, hold up now. What? Hold up now. I don't like how you said, I think it should be universal. Well, no, because... Let me clarify. Okay, go ahead. Let me clarify. I think Ebonics is precious. Okay. I think our language that we have built and grown... Uh, I am very proud of. And I am slightly offended that Finna is in the dictionary is now being recognized by the white majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I said I, I would like it to be universal. I would like it to be universal in the sense that like you and I and niggas from Oakland and niggas from Chicago and niggas from uh, Baton Rouge and niggas from Houston and niggas from uh, South London and niggas from Nigeria and niggas from in Japan that we would be able to write to each other and understand each other universally on a black level. That's what I mean by universality. That's what I mean by I want it to be universal. I don't want it to be universal in the sense that like, oh, now everybody's speaking Ebonics. That's the main language. Nah, get the fuck off my language. That's not even what I meant. I meant yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted I wanted to be clear to my FBI agent who's watching right now. I okay. want him to know where I stand. And you know what I'm saying? Shit ain't changed. <laughs> Shit ain't changed. I don't want nothing for white folks. Okay? <laughs> nothing. Um that's what I that's that's the universal that we're talking about, right? Uh 
Um, can you get a can you get a Rosetta Zone and find out Ebonics? No, but you can get a a a a, a Keon a, a Keon Chestnut and learn uh, Ebonics if you want to. <laughs> meaning that like meaning that like I wouldn't I wouldn't allow I wouldn't want our language to be taught by white people. Yeah. If our language is going to be taught, I'd rather one of us sell out us on behalf of us and do that. At least the money's coming back. Uh, Q asks, can we allow Ebonics to maintain a to maintain a vocal oral tradition separate from a written form? Yeah. That's why when the lady at when the lady at house asked me, could there ever be a moment? where I could correct your Ebonics. Correct, I feel like it's the wrong word. Clarify would be the correct connotation, even the correct movement. Um, and the verbal form does not have to follow the rules of the written form. So if I'm talking to a nigga from Houston, that's how this would go. If I'm talking to a nigga from Houston with DC Mo dialect, and this nigga don't understand, what does he do in real time? He would ask you what you mean. What do you mean? Right? Uh, if in the written form, like if we're coming from a newspaper, I don't have time. It's not my purpose for you to be trying to decipher what I'm talking about. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay, for sure. Okay, for sure. For sure. How do we get to language? We supposed to be talking about Stacey Dash, the Grammys, uh, Data, and $27 million for the George Floyd family. I guess we'll talk about those things on Thursday because we're running out of time right here on If it cuts off, I will see y'all on Thursday. Um, if not, we just gonna keep on talking. There is, I do need a favor from y'all though. I got something in my hand. I done had something in my hair this whole time. Y'all ain't tell me. That's gonna drive me crazy in the clips. Anyway, um, oh, Mandarin, Cantonese, and then simplified Chinese. Interesting. We have to talk about more. We have to talk about that more on the precipice of a new nigga. Um, Oh, I do need a favor from y'all. I do need a quick favor to my wake to all my wake and bake with people. Nice. I'm in the midst of a pretty big uh, data collection project over at Creative Theory, and we need niggas to take surveys. And why do we need niggas to take surveys? We want people to rate how companies uh, uh, supported blackness during Black History Month. Okay. So it's like a 20, 30 minute survey. All you got to do is analyze some ads, see if it's trash or not. It's going to take you the whole 20, 30 minutes. Remember back in the Turk days, it's going to take you a whole 20, 30 minutes to get the survey done. You do that. It'd be a great appreciation to me. So for those who are listening right now, make sure you head over to my Instagram story or the creative theory agency um, handle. And take care of that for me. I'm going to put up on my story later today. As always, thank you for listening to... Oh, gross. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
As always, thank you for listening to the Wiggy Make We Be Mo podcast. Oh, goodness. What was that? Oh, goodness. I missed the note. That wasn't uh, you. Huh? That wasn't you. What was that? I don't know. Was I just taking over? Yeah. Wiggy Make We Be Mo podcast. Yeah. Make sure y'all say good morning to the lady in the house. Good morning. See y'all on Thursday. Have a good day.